This episode of Heavy Cardboard is brought to you by BoardGameTables.com. While none of us needs a gaming table, it sure would be great to have one as the centerpiece of your game days. Go check them out at BoardGameTables.com and take your gaming to the next level. Now, onto the show. Cardboard episode 56 Edward Goes to Essen part 2. Coming to you from Jetlag Central, welcome to Heavy Cardboard where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and in this case, other related topics in the board gaming hobby. We're your hosts, I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. So I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I woke up at 3 a.m. for work today. No one should have to get up that early, in my opinion. N- no, never. Oh, y'all were expecting me to be tired from something else? <laughs> we got a whole episode to talk about that. That's fine. So the uh, the basement, it's um trudging along. You know, trudging to trudge. The slow, weary, depressing, yet determined walk of a man who has nothing left in life except the impulse to simply soldier on. It's kind of the progress on the basement, how that feels. Yes, that's a very apt word and description. (laughs) Well done. Although it should be done by the time we get home from BGGCon, but man, it's going to be worth it in the end. I know it's going to, but getting there has been trying at times. We knew it was going to be, but actually going through it, yeah. Yeah, it's harder. So the 2016 Secret Elephant, the Heavy Cardboard Guild's Secret Santa, is rocking along. Last I looked, we had 80 worldwide entered to give amazingly awesome games to one another. I think that's so cool. It's really, really cool. If you're interested in joining, though, don't delay. Registration closes uh, Monday, which is Halloween, October 31st, so get to it. And shipping costs can't be a reason to not enter. Thanks once again to Game Surplus for offering free shipping worldwide for all Secret Elephant packages. Let that sink in for a little bit. They're willing to eat the outrageous worldwide shipping costs so that all of us can focus on just giving the gift of games and joy and not having to sweat the costs associated with international shipping. That is stupid generous and gotta be honest just huge props the game surplus thank you very much for the support yes absolutely thank you so much it's a really big stress relief for a lot of people yep and and now they don't have to worry about buying a 30 dollar game and paying 50 dollars for shipping exactly because that's what always happens so we're very close to signing the contract for heavy con 2017 for the location Woo-hoo. i think folks are really going to be excited about the choice of venue if you're interested in attending, though, shoot us an email, contact at heavycardboard.com with the subject line HeavyCon17 waitlist. The only prerequisites for attending are interact with us throughout the rest of the year, enjoy heavier games. I mean, there's 60 plus hours of gaming going on, so if you don't enjoy them, hmm. Mm. And the last thing, don't be a dick. That's that's like number one, really? It, it really kind of is, but in essence, it's, it's really simple. We... 
just make it invite only to control the growth and the numbers. So yeah, if you're interested, here's your chance. Yeah. I can't promise you'll get in this year, but at least you'll be on the list for next year. Exactly. Weight loss wise, what you got? I have lost two pounds since the last update. Woohoo! Things are going quite smoothly in that department. What about you? I am less than a pound and a half from my goal. Skinny butt. I last weighed in at 211.4. I have no idea what I'm going to do to treat myself when I hit it, but I suppose I best get figuring that out. Yes, you Stat. should. Yes, 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 you should. Oh, I, I won't lie. When you were gone, it was hard. I was gone? When was I gone? You went to Germany. Oh, right. Yeah, went, about that. You went gotcha. to um, the, the biggest convention in the world. It's called Spiel. In Essen, Germany. Spiel. Spiel. Yes. Uh, and I didn't go, and I was home sad. But you, to be clear, you didn't go because you chose not to go. Exactly. And I know that, but okay. still. <laughs> I'll be honest. I was I was so busy from the moment I woke up yeah. to the moment I crashed every night. It was, it was insane. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll talk more about that in a bit. Absolutely. So while he was gone, I worked on getting the house a little bit more organized so uh, so he could come home to a nice clean house. Which was very appreciated. Let me let me be clear. It really, really was. Good. There's still some things I want to get done, but I was able to get quite a bit while you were gone. If y'all give me a moment or two, I'd like to talk about our longest tenured sponsor game, Surplus. First off, I hope that y'all took advantage of the amazing free shipping deal that Game Surplus offered during Spiel while I was gone. Mm-hmm. Well, some of y'all may know already, but Velma and Amos recently sold the business to a longtime customer and fan of the show, Carmen Petrozelli. I want to thank Velma and Amos for taking a chance on our little known podcast a couple years ago and, and sticking with their support the whole time. We will forever owe them a debt of gratitude for helping out the show from its infancy, so thank you, Velma and Amos. I wish y'all nothing but the best in the future, and I know the decision to sell Game Surplus didn't come easily. Thank you so much, guys. It It's really meant a lot. And I'll be honest, I had concerns when they told me that they were selling the company as I didn't know the new owner and I didn't know what he had in mind. Well, as luck would have it, I had a chance while in Essen to sit down for about two hours to sit and talk about a whole bunch of things with Carmen, including gaming and the future of game surplus. While I can't talk about everything that we discussed, I can say this. I trust Carmen to not only continue the amazing customer service Game Surplus has basically been known for, but also to move the company forward in a very positive direction. Everything from an updated website to a larger inventory of domestic and those all-important imported titles. So having sat and listened to his plans and the direction he wants to take Game Surplus, I gotta say I'm really excited about the future both of Game Surplus itself but also the partnership between Heavy Cardboard and Game Surplus. Onward and upward, together. Absolutely. Any new iTunes reviews? We did have one. Someone by the name of No Editable Boxes. Thanks a lot for the iTunes review. Appreciate it. Keep them coming, y'all. We really appreciate the ratings and especially the reviews. So please, if you haven't, we would definitely appreciate y'all doing so. Yes, please. And continuing to say thanks to our Patreon supporters... I'm just going to catch us up. Here we go. Adam Brocker, Ali Shaw, Ben Kutcher, Bradley Ward, Brandon Knoll, David Harmon, David Landry, Gary Rhodes, Ian Delaney, Jason Lawrence, 
Joshua Coker, Ken Brzezuski, Loris, Magnus Sveen, Maida F., Malcolm, Matt Wilson, Michael Phoebus, Michael Almsteg, Nell Einberg, O'Shane Balloon, Oliver Burnett Hall, Pacemaker, Paul Shorefide, Phil the Sheep, <laughs> Ryan Forbes, Stefan Ebner, Stuart Cresswell, Todd Villarreal, Tony Cowley, and Tor Ivor Wilhelmsen. I think we're finally caught up saying thanks to everybody. So, hey, how about you guys not have us be caught up yeah. for the next episode That'd or something like that, great. right? All right. So as far as the contest, well, we got so many awesome voicemails, we wouldn't want them to go to waste. So stay tuned at the end of the show and listen to them. So on to the contest, we had 152 entries. Wow! And random.org spit out the number 64. That number belonged to... Garrett! Woo! Congrats, Garrett! Congrats. So shoot us an email and we'll get you your choice of either Arkwright from Capstone Games or 1846 from GMT Games once we get our copy. Uh, We'll get that over to you. The good news, though, for the other 151 of y'all that entered is whatever he doesn't choose means we'll be giving it away in the future. So, hey, there's always a silver lining, right? Yeah. All right. While you were in SN, you you conducted, I believe it was 20 interviews? Is 20 that, or 22? It, you're I can't the one remember. editing them. Yeah, so. I, can't, I can't remember which one. I think it was 20. Okay. And there's a couple more that I actually we delayed until BGGCon just timing-wise. So the first of which we'll go ahead and give to y'all right now. Yeah. And that is the designer of 1880, uh, Russian Railroads, among a handful of other games, and an upcoming game that you guys those 18xx fans out there who aren't already in the know are going to definitely want to hear about this. So this is Lonnie Orgler, designer, like I said, of 1880 and Russian Railroads. Enjoy. And forgive the scratchy voice. All right, Edward here at Spiel 2016. Happy to be joined by Lani Orgler, designer of 1880, Russian Railroads, among other games. So thank you for joining me. Sure, uh, it's a pleasure. So how's Spiel been so far for you? Great, I just arrived today, but I love it. It's the, the atmosphere, it's Electric. really great. It's, yeah. It is. Yeah. So you have uh, a few games out here right now. You have uh, you yeah. have the new expansion for Russian Railroads. American Railroads, yeah. And uh, 1854, 1844, 54. Over at uh, Lookout in Mayfair, right. which I'm grateful to finally have a copy. That's cool. Cool. Um, so let me ask you, uh, as far as design, you started with 18xx games, yes? Right, yes, with 1837. I loved the game. My first 18xx game was 1835, and I just wanted to do one by myself. Made a bigger map, the Austrian-Hungarian Empire, and tested it several times. And then a good friend of me told me or asked me to produce some copies and sell it here on the game fair. It was 1994. It was my first game fair, and I had five games under my arm and people were coming from all over and said, where do you get this? I want one. And immediately I had 20 copies sold and they 
gave me the money for another 40 copies. And those in back days, it was only color copies uh, or, or black and white copies on colored paper. So it was a game kit, but it was a success. And it just <laughs> went from time. there, right? Yeah, right. So 1880, what inspired you to, to design that? Because I've played it a number of times. Really enjoy that game, but it's so different than a lot of other 18xx games with the way communism works and everything else. So, what? Uh, how did you come up with that? Yeah, with just uh, Helmut and I, we collect new ideas. What could we do different to other games? For instance, he had this idea with uh, the share round, not uh, in uh, straight order with operating rounds, but share rounds after the last train of a type was bought and then I just started Wikipedia, Wikipedia <laughs> to, for history and to the Chinese history and I realized there were a lot of foreign investors foreign countries investing in the train in the railroad system there and so we had the idea of the foreign investors and so it goes on and gone. Cool. So what made you transi um, transition, I think is a good word, into more Euro games with Russian railroads? <laughs> with a train theme still, but still a Euro. Russian railroads, Russian railroads was an 1886 game in the beginning. We had a, a Siberian map and wanted to make a, a Russian game. And we had this uh, the Trans-Siberian uh, brand. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. From from uh, till Vladivostok was just a single line, and then we had uh, just ten track tiles with a bonus system, and out of them uh, came the, the engineers. So one day we decided to leave the uh, map and just have the the rail lines. And the black and gray and and white track tiles were just yellow, like green, brown right, yeah, right. in the first place. But the, the company in Hans im Glück Verlag decided to go away from the 18xx games to have more people. Basically, sell more copies, right? right yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, you and I were talking uh, before we recorded about the new game First Class. Yeah. And you said that was mostly Helmut, the design? Designed by Helmut, yeah. I was, uh, it was just uh, in the first uh, days of this game, it was the Russian Railroad card game. And yeah, then Helmut and the company developed it further and further and made an, just a new game out of it. So what do you have next? What, what, what anything, what's yeah, coming yeah. down the pike? Well, very soon I want to bring out the new 18xx game, 18cc, in the Czech Republic. I want to publish it with kickstarter.com. Oh wow, really? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so what's, uh, what's it about? Uh, it, yeah. what, what makes it different? Czech Republic in the, its today's borders. It was in the former days part of the Austrian-Hungarian uh, Empire. We have 15 companies, five small, five medium and five large companies, three different train types, small, medium, large, <laughs> three different private companies, small, medium and large. And yeah. Sounds like a bigger 18xx? 
Uh, yeah, it takes some time. The map is not as large as normally size, normal size. And, but yeah, it takes a while. 15 companies is, is, is a lot, but you can overtake smaller companies if you want during the game. Okay, uh, when you say overtake, do you mean merge or hostile takeover type stuff? Uh, not hostile, but you take over. You have to buy the shares of the smaller companies from the players, and then it's yours. Okay. Uh, any kind of time frame that we should expect to see that? I want to start it before Christmas. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Then uh, I, I'm, I'm sure our listeners will be excited to uh, hear that as much as I am. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, well, all right. I've taken enough of your time here at Spiel, especially with it being your first day. So thank you very much for taking the time. I, I really, thank really you. appreciate it, was, it. It was a pleasure to meet you and it's to same. talk to you. All right. Then, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the Spiel. Thank you. You too. As you all heard, that interview was on Saturday and my voice was pretty much shot the last two days. So it only really gets worse yeah, from there, to be does. honest. So, <laughs> But the way I see it is you guys hear me and Amanda, but you hear me every couple weeks. So you guys don't care what I'm having to say. It's all about who I'm interviewing. So we're going to go with that and I'm going to act like it, it. it's not a bad deal. Yeah. So anyway, thanks a lot to Lonnie for... The uh, standing, I guess it were, but uh, for sitting for the interview, taking the time, especially with that being his first day at Essen. So thanks a lot, Lonnie. Really appreciate it. And can't wait for 18CZ. Woohoo! <clears throat> All right. Tuck in, everybody. Edward, what have we acquired since the last episode of Heavy Cardboard? You know, it's funny. When I was making this list of everything, I was like, wow, there's still another 25 to 30 games on the way from the Netherlands. Because Jeroen, uh, our, our buddy who happens to design games for right. Squatter, he was nice enough to offer to ship their, whatever games I couldn't fit home because the, uh, the, packing, the pack and ship booth there at Spiel was really disorganized and I was really nervous. They weren't offering tracking info and and all that. So I was really nervous to yeah. do it. Plus the the line was over 2 hours for that. I just I just didn't have time. So thankfully he was nice enough to do it. So I was like, okay, we didn't get the, I didn't bring that much back or I did. <clears throat> Here we go. Princess of the Renaissance, second edition. Thanks to Mercury Games. We actually just got this yesterday. Yeah. So very excited about that. And that'll be hitting the table this weekend. Look for a review soon. But as far as from Essen itself, Pax Renaissance, Plus Ultra, Kepler 3042, The Fog of War from Stronghold Games, not to be confused with Fog of War, which hasn't gotten here yet. <laughs> Great Western Trail, the 2017, is it, Advent calendar? Anyway, the new Advent yeah. calendar, they did a nice thing to where the box is small. For those of us that weren't local, it, they had that giant one that they had last year, but they also had this little small one that's only like eight inches long, yeah, so that was perfect. nice. North American Railways, which has been getting a lot of play so far. Happy Salmon, I'm sure we'll get into that. Camilaquin, which is the expansion for... Keyflower, 13 Minutes, which is a prototype from Osgur and 
Daniel, the designers of 13 Days, they they had that for me when I interviewed them. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Snowdonia expansion, because there's always new Snowdonia expansions, <laughs> right, Tony? Trans-Australian Railroad is the new one. You Mad Bro, which is a small little tiny little game. Airlines Europe expansions, which I picked up in the uh, from the virtual flea market, because we have Airlines Europe and didn't have the expansions, and that's one of our favorite gateway games for mm-hmm. any time we have non-gamers over. We also got a gift deck of cards from uh, a Nor- Norwegian listener, so thanks for that. That's Thank cool. Thank you. Bear again, a little tiny little game <laughs> as well. Got Oddville, which is one of the only What's Your Game games that we didn't have. Funny story on that. So I was at the booth there, and on Sunday, they had four games left. <laughs> I'm not saying, they, like, not four different types of, they, they had four, four. games. Three of which were Oddville. One was um, Vasco da Gama, I think it was. And they were like, here, take them. And I'm like, I have Vasco da Gama. I don't have Oddville. Oddville. (laughs) So I I will. All right, cool. So um, I've heard it's quirky, but it's actually one of Mariano's uh, favorite games. The half of what's your game, but we'll talk about that more later. Talon and the expansions for that from Stefan Reisthaus, which is the follow-on to Visby. I'm excited to give that a try. Oh, yeah. Micro World, Jorvik or Jorvik, which is the uh, the Viking theme Spiekerstadt, mm-hmm. and Kaishbiker. Oh yeah, that's supposed to be in there. I've yet to open the yeah, box. I'll be honest. But... Martians: A Story of Civilization, which I was lucky I got there when I did because I didn't pre-order it and wasn't on a Kickstarter or anything. It sold out about three minutes after I got my copy, so because I did miss out on a couple things. We'll talk about those in a bit. Pax Pamir Kyber Knives, which is the expansion to Cole Worley's uh, awesome game from last mm-hmm. year. Morganland, which was a gift from Richard Breeze. That was nice. Uh, after I got done interviewing him, it's a small little card game, which is, I want to say it was Keedom. I think it's the card version of that game. It, it's one of the early key games. I forget which it is. All right. Bios Genesis. Morpheus. Which Christoph Matsutsik got me, uh, handed me a copy. Said, "Here, take this. I, I want to see if you'll enjoy it." Who he's the designer of Craftsman. It, it's so surreal to have met everybody here. That all these all our eye friends that yeah. we've met. Bombland, which so it was on my. I want to check that out list as well. Not like a for sure pickup or anything. And I saw it and I was like, "That looks really cool." Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get a copy. It was like twenty or twenty five euros. I didn't realize it's only in German. Oh, my. Oops. So, yeah. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> finally picked up our second copy of Nina and Pinta from the Ragnar Brothers. They sent us the first copy. They got lost in the mail. So, I've been waiting on this. I'm anxious to, to check that out. Evolution Cli- uh, Climate, which is the new standalone expansion slash standalone mm-hmm. game in that series. Key to the City London, of course. Another copy of Wildcatters. Maybe for a giveaway. So thanks to Andre and Rolf for just giving us that and said, here, do with it as you wish. So obviously it's going to be a giveaway in the future. Hangtown. Oh, I guess I should say, oh, there's only one more that I picked up. Moral Conflict 1940, which is a war game, sort of. Uh, I got that in the virtual flea market as well. So that's it for Essing games. The things that we got that was outside of Essen, two, Hangtown, 
which is a it was a Kickstarter kind of a interesting worker placement looking game. So I wanted to check that out. And I know this is going to shock some people, but the day before the thread about Forbidden Stars in the guild started up, I'd actually picked up a copy because mm-hmm. it was on sale on Amazon. And then I saw that that thread, and I was really surprised at how many fellow elephants really dig that game. So anxious to get to it next summer, realistically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got a while. So that's it. So that that's all that we've acquired. That's that's all so yeah. far. And another 25 to 30 on the way. Yeah, that's all. So out of, you know, there's like, what, eight holes in Essen? Or seven? Uh, yeah, thereabouts. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you bought all, so you bought seven of the halls. <laughs> so the eighth hall, what, what are you, what's on the shopping list currently? Well, okay, to be honest, I mean, we still have, like I said, those 25, 30 games that you were in shipping. So those I don't consider acquired, as you guys know, because until it crosses the threshold exactly. into the house, don't have it. However, there are still a number of games that I didn't get copies of that I'm either for sure picking up or that I'm really interested in at least trying. That list is Ulm. It's a more kind of filler type game, but uh, it looked really interesting. You guys heard uh, Lonnie talk about uh, First Class traveling in the Orient Express. Uh, that was more Helmet than Lonnie designing that, but nonetheless, this the game... Uh, yeah, it sounded interesting, and I just I wasn't able to pick up a copy while I was there. All right. The Colonist, we have a review copy coming from Mayfair, so I'm super stoked about that. Rhine River Trade, that looked really good. It's almost, uh, it's all these different ways of shipping things and transporting things, but only trucking is your own. Everything else around the world is shared between the players. So it just sounds like a really cool logistics yeah. economic game. Logistics, did you say? Right. Roundhouse. This is one of those that sold out before I got to it. Mm. Uh, but I heard there's going to be another print run in November, so next month. So going to pick up a copy of that. Gads Hill, 1874. This is a small little game that just had a really interesting theme mm-hmm. and sounded cool. All right. Oracle Delphi. I'm not going to pick it up, but I do want to try it. I figure we can play it at BGGCon, which is the new Steffenfeld. Papa Paolo, which is from Quinted Games. That it, I heard it's lighter, but it looked really good. Their production quality is, and their artwork is 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 really top notch, mm-hmm. and it just it looked good. Uh, Clay from Capstone Games, who is a personal friend of mine, of hours we hung out quite a bit at Essen and he picked up a copy so I'm, I'm anxious to get his take on it Feast of Odin I'll be honest I never saw it <laughs> I never saw it the entire time at Essen and I come back and now it's everywhere on social media mm-hmm. oh it's the greatest thing in the world is the best Uwe game cool I'll try it I'll check it out at BGGCon and maybe pick up a copy there mm-hmm. but never saw it Million Club and Hellas are the last two games that I wanted to really kind of investigate a little bit more um, that I just, believe it or not, I just didn't have the time. So yeah. those are two more I want to maybe see what the reviews are like on those and the feedback and then maybe pick them up blind and try them if the feedback's good. Right. But yeah, that's it. That's that's pretty much the uh, the list. All right. 
And if you didn't hear it, that's probably because it's on the way. Yeah. So you'll hear about it hopefully next episode. <laughs> Let's hope. All right. So I brought home the bacon, so to speak, in the form of games. Yes. What are you excited to play? Any of them? Yeah, I'm excited to play Plus Ultra, um, Great Western Trail, and I'd like Pax Renaissance. You guys played that on Sunday. Yeah, one of the listeners of the show was in town here, uh, Grayson, and he stopped by, and he gave us actually a few months notice. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we coordinated it, and we played a few games on Sunday, and Pax Renaissance was one of them, and it was it was a bit of a struggle to to fight through the rules because none of the three of us had played. But uh, but yeah, um, once we it started to click, then we real all really started to enjoy it. Awesome, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that for sure. Anything else, or is that off the top of your? That's head? off the top of my head. Um, we've I we played Kepler thirty forty two. That was a lot of fun. We played that on Sunday on Saturday. Um, I really enjoyed that. I. Uh, it's another game, you know, obviously, that you got there. Um, you described it as a 3X game, not a 4X game, which I think is very apt because there's no extermination. Right. But um, all the other Xs are there. And it's there's so much replayability and variability because you have different um, bonus points, in-game scoring cards. There's advanced ones. There's tons of different planets. Some you don't use. The places that you put them out are different every game. It was it was very it was very enjoyable and whenever we first started playing it said that there was gonna be sixteen rounds and we all kind of looked at each other like wow that's gonna take a long time yeah but it really didn't and you know by the end we all wanted a couple more rounds which is the sign of a good game right. I feel and but yeah I I'm looking forward to playing that a little bit more so interesting note because um, that was our first time playing it yeah and I had learned from the rule book and I'll be honest the rule book was pretty good. Although, we played one rule wrong, which actually made it more difficult. Yeah. But I do wonder, because when I taught the game for the next group to play it after us at, at our game day, they were like, oh no, that you, you, you don't have to do this. And I was like, oh, my bad. I, I totally missed that. Mm. And afterwards, they were like, it seemed a little too easy. Oh, interesting. So I, I'm interested to play it correctly, obviously. Right. Um, play it a few times correctly, but then I want to also revert back to the way we played it okay. and see to be able to compare and contrast. And maybe it could be some sort of user-generated variant that folks right. might 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 enjoy. And, and, but it's too early to tell on that. But yeah. uh, the interesting thing about this was Kepler 3042 was on my list of things I wanted to check out while I was there. When I walked up to the table at the Placentia Games booth, everybody, when I walked up to the game, I was like, oh, it's 3042. Cool. Let me go look. And everybody had their head in their hands with their, uh, you know, a, a burrowed, you know, their their a furrowed brow. And I was like, that's a good sign. Absolutely. Okay. So I hung out for a bit and watched it. And I was like, yeah. So uh, they were gracious enough to give us a review copy. And, and I'm anxious to play it more. Yeah, definitely. So, since we're talking about what we've been playing, go ahead, right. keep rolling. The other game that Edward brought home from SN that I've been pl that we played was North American Railways. It's from Pierre Sylvester. Yeah, it's yep. an interesting little and game. Spielworks. Yeah, little uh, interesting little game from Spielworks. It very much has a winsome feel to it. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good good uh, description. Yeah. It, it really did. Yeah. It, it, it's, it seems like a very simple, very basic game. But it's not. And it... I don't know what the best player count is. I've only played it three times so far and played it three and four. Mm -hmm. And it plays completely different based on between the two. I haven't played played it five yet. I've only played it three. So interesting. There is one kind of big um, flaw in it in that there there are different shares of companies. In different colors. In different colors. One of which is purple. They each also have a train that goes with it, or two trains, I'm sorry, to signify who the CEO is. But the purple company's train is white. Oops. So, yeah, yeah get, a, get a purple Sharpie. Yeah. And just, or or <laughs> you could it. do like what Matt said and in a black Sharpie, write the word purple. Because that's not going to mess you up, right? No, not at all. It's like those things where you, it's like red, but you have to say blue because right. that's the word. But no, as far as the gameplay though, it's it's really simple. It's you know buy shares, it's build connections because there's no actual track lane. It's all basically a card game. Yeah. And then pay dividends, and it's yeah. It, there's a lot of emergent partnerships. It it, it almost almost has a bit of a Noya Heimat feel to yeah. it. With the whole emergent, you know, and very short-lived partnerships yeah, can that can that. happen yeah. in that. So, um, so far, I'm really enjoying our mm-hmm. plays of it and anxious to play it more. You guys will hear more about it as we go along. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Before we get into other non-essing games that mm-hmm. we've been playing, I also have gotten a chance to play Great Western Trail uh, just once so far. But even though I was looking forward to it and I was excited to play it, I thought it would be fine. I thought it would be good. Mm-hmm. I had a blast playing that game. Hey. Absolutely, thoroughly enjoyed my first play of it. Obviously, too early to to, to go too much into mm-hmm. it. But thematic-wise, really cool. It has trains. It ha- has a Western theme, which, take it or leave it, but it's really well done. And following the trail, and just the way the... You know, there's only a few buildings on the board to begin with. And then the players kind of Kalis-like build buildings or buy buildings and put them out on the trail that people have to follow. And it's just it's just really well integrated. Nice. And Alexander Fister is just on some kind of roll because he, he, as of right now, he can't miss. No, yeah. Um, awesome. So, yeah, I am super, super excited. Even though... There for a few days this week, I was like, about playing more games. Mm-hmm. I am super excited about our weekend yeah. this weekend. I cannot play, wait to play that, yeah. as well as Princess of the Renaissance. But anyway, moral of the story, had a blast awesome. playing Great Great Western Trail. Can't wait for you to play. Me too. I'm very excited. Also, while I was uh, at Essen, which if I'm spoiling questions, I apologize. Three games. I played three games in four five days, basically. <laughs> The first game I played, Happy Salmon. Because why not? Uh, yeah, we'll go with it. A secret game I can't talk about yet, sorry. And, but you guys are going to be excited about it. And the third is Fuji Flush, which I played with a bunch of people at the Heavy Cardboard Meetup. Um, so I kind of played at it, kind yeah. of a half-assed, I'll be honest, because I was <laughs> too busy worrying about how everyone was doing and all that. Um, 
But that's it. That's that's mine. What you got? What else? Pre-Essen. Pre-Essen. We played Imperios Millenarios. Played that with six. It was great, as always, but we're still being too nice. Yep. I've, we've never played the game. Not nice. I don't know if it's just our group. I don't know if we are incapable of being mean. I don't... Hold on. By we, you mean y'all. As I describe the game, the word no. You need yeah. to use the word no. Can I trade? No. no. Can I do, Can I, Can I? I expand here? No. All right. But for some reason, people are like, no, you can. Sure. As long as you do me a solid later. Well, see, and- the thing is... I'm always so by myself over in the corner that nobody ever asks me anything. I can't say no. Well, then choose a different sit or start in a different location. But yeah, definitely enjoying Imperios Millenarios. And I know we're going to get the question, so I'll head that off. I don't know. I don't know the status. I don't know what's been going on. It was supposed to be here last year, this time. Mm -hmm. And then it was supposed to be here in the winter. And then... I haven't heard anything, so I don't know. Just trying to get it out of, I think it's Argentina. Um, So Juan is a listener of the show and a member of the Guild. If if you're listening, Juan, um, clue people in, please. Then we played 1822. Yeah, it was okay, right? Whatever. That was amazing. We played with Paul, Chad, and Tony. It was nice to have the guys over and play a game again. The band back together, exactly. so to speak. It's, you know, they're train, ga- they're train gamer guys now, so to, we have to like lure them with a train game. But, you know, that's okay. The game was just really awesome. There's tons of auctions, tons of companies. It's just, yes. It's awesome. Even after, even after just one play, I'm completely enamored and cannot wait to play it again. <laughs> Oh, me too. It's yeah. it's one play, so right. I don't want to you know go too far off the deep end. Mm-hmm. But I very strongly believe that this is going to become my all time favorite eighteen yeah. XX game. Here. Early on, when we were playing eighteen XX games, me, Chad, and Tony, we would talk and we would be like, "The auctions are awesome in all these train ga- in all these eighteen XX games." But after the beginning of the game, that's it. There's mm-hmm. no more auctions. Why? Well, that's been remedied in this. There's auctions throughout the entire game. And what the extra auctions do is it allows you to not only have to worry about investing in your own company, investing in other people's companies, but then there are private companies that come out. There are concessions to start major companies, and then there are minor companies Mm -hmm. all up for auction. So you're not only worrying about buying shares during the stock round, you're also considering investing and buying Mm -hmm. these and and auction and getting involved in the auctions for those things and that game is the epitome of stay on target stay on target stay on target because ooh, shiny because every single company and every single private has something cool about it yep and you're like oh that'd be awesome let me grab that oh wait all of a sudden I don't have enough capital yeah. to buy trains. You just you can't do that, and it's hard. It's it's the game constantly has a carrot in yeah. front of your face saying, "Ooh, yeah, buy me, yeah, Ooh, exactly, bid on me," yep. and wow, just truly, truly wow. Yeah, we um, had we had to call it early. But it wasn't too early. No, it was probably one set of ORs yeah. done. It is a longer game. I mm-hmm. think uh, probably about seven, eight hours. Yeah. However, it doesn't it, feel like it. It didn't feel like it to me either. Not I mean, at it all. completely felt like 
wow, really? It mm-hmm. went that long. Yeah. Now, I do know that once you get experience with the game, I've, I've heard it being trimmed down to about five hours. But if you're worried about the game length and you don't have a cat, leave, leave it, set, it up. set up and do it the following week mm-hmm. or the next day or whatever. But exactly. yeah, uh, so far, real strong candidate for uh, Golden Elephant Award, at least the nominee for sure. Re- yes. But one play, so we'll see. But wow, really good. We'll talk later about the meetup at an SN, but what have we got going on for BGGCon? Well, BGGCon coming up the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully, there's going to be a bunch of listeners again this year there. Friday at 8 p.m. at the bar, which hard to miss there, at BGGCon. I also have reserved two of the boardrooms from 8 p.m. to midnight or later to accommodate gaming after the meetup. So Friday, 8 p.m. at the bar, we'll be there with t-shirts, pint glasses, likely some giveaways, and hang out for a bit, have a drink, and just kind of socialize. I learned, we learned last year, that it's impossible for us to be able to play a game during this. So maybe if we did the meetup kind of before, and then we go game. Yeah, maybe then we can. Then we can. Um, plus, it was insanely loud. Yeah. And Nobody could I, play anything. It just, yeah. And it wasn't, there wasn't enough space. Honestly, I reserved it for 50 and like 80 showed up, which yeah. good problem to have. I well, loved yeah. it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I figured the bar would be a better area. And the boardrooms, after the meetup, people can go up to room 1109 and 1110 to game together with fellow elephants. Um, if you're so inclined or just stay at the bar and hang out. Yeah. So again, Friday, 8 p.m. at the bar. And then after that, room 1109 and 1110 both are reserved for heavy cardboard. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll be talking about this more. We'll keep reminding you guys. This is the only time we're going to talk only, about it. There's only, what, one more episode well, before. We also have Twitter, Facebook. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Everybody seemed to really like the episode we did before you left for Essen, which was kind of just a conversational type thing with me interviewing you so we thought we would do that again we did okay yeah Yeah, we did okay cool Uh, (laughs) all right so let's talk talk to me a little bit about your getting to germany experience well it was long it was about 22 hours uh it wasn't supposed to be that long uh i flew from denver to uh to chicago uh chicago uh i had a nearly four-hour layover due to uh, our plane breaking down. Funny story on that. <laughs> so Clay from Capstone, he uh, he messaged me. I knew he was traveling about the same time, except he was going through, I think it was Newark, and then from there straight to Dusseldorf. And I was going Denver to Chicago to Heathrow to Dusseldorf. Well, he calls me. While I was on my layover and, and after I tweeted out that, you know, I'm having ice cream, maybe that'll make it a little better and all this. And he's like, yeah, so my plane just got hit. <laughs> and I was like, um, por qué? Yeah. <laughs> like with a meteor. Or right. What? And he's like, yeah, as it was coming into the gate, um, either it clipped the wing of another plane or another plane clipped the wing of that. And he said, yeah, they told us it'd be about an hour and a half delay. And he's like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm like, are they are they just going to patch it up with like duct tape? Yeah, you're you know, and just, to, hey, an you're good to go. Flight, and really? he's like, y'all realize we're about to fly over the Atlantic Ocean. There, There's no place <laughs> to land there. Are you sure? So he decided to um, 
to self-medicate yeah. with, with a couple of scotches and, uh, <laughs> hey, be happy if it goes down. So I was like, all right, travel safe. But Pay close up, attention to what they say about the floaters. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I told him, I, I, I messaged him afterwards and said, make sure to bring your floaties. Yes. But all ended up well. So after that delay, I was really stressed and I had a four hour, I was supposed to have a four hour delay uh, layover in Heathrow. And so I was like, well, maybe we'll still be able to make it to where I can still make my connecting flight. And so long story short, we made it there with an hour and 50 minutes before my next flight. And I'm like, yes, all right, I'm going to make it. But I was I was beating cheeks to get over because I had to switch terminals. So I get there with an hour and a half to go. And they're like, sorry, sir, the flight's been closed. And I'm like, um, I'm sorry? And they're like, yeah, it's 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 been closed. And I'm like, but that's I have the ticket. And they're like, sorry, we we've already booked you on the later flight. So a couple of listeners and I were going to share a taxi from Dusseldorf to the hotel, so I didn't have to lug 135 pounds of games that I was muling over in t-shirts and all that stuff. But obviously that's out the window. Not to mention going over to the Mesa to get a fuel, get a lay of the land. Yeah. That's out. So I actually did not get into Essen until about 5.30 and then had to take three trains to get there. But it was an awesome experience. Uh, I met a couple of listeners. They recognized me at the Dusseldorf airport and we, we trained it over to Essen. And I made it there really easily. Funny story though on the escalator, I did not realize uh, that their escalators change directions. So there's one escalator and a, three flights of stairs. And I'm like, really? And the escalator's coming down. And I'm like, really? I have to lug all these bags up three flights of stairs after traveling for 22 hours? Awesome. I was thrilled. So I lug them up and I get to the top all wheezing and out of breath. And here comes a dude up the escalator. And I'm looking at him. I'm looking at the front of the escalator, looking at him like... You're kidding me, right? And I'm looking at the front of the escalator, and apparently, even though there's not a button, you can just push, and it switches direction, and it stops. And I was like, now what? And apparently, it's the leap of faith. You have to start walking, and then it will start oh going my. down. That's terrifying. And how was I supposed to know? I had all this amazing directions. You were texting me while I was in the air to tell me what terminal I'm coming in, yep. what gate, what where to pick up my bags, and all this stuff. I even so, drew on maps. You you did. It was amazing. <laughs> it made it really easy to get to the hotel. But at no point did it was I clued in about the escalators. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. So. I should have asked Nicholas. Apparently. So checked into the hotel. I was staying at the hotel under Gruger. Uh, I was roomed up with Paul Grogan, buddy of ours from Gaming Rules, as well as Ali. Um, so there's a group of English or Brits or UK folk. I always hesitate what term to use. People from the island over there yes. that uh, Paul was nice enough to include me in so I didn't have to worry about hotel accommodations. Obviously, I had to worry about paying for it, but not anything else. And it was... A huge relief. So there were three of us stuck in a room. It's a small room, but it worked. And you know, yeah, it was it was it was cool. the The event getting there was it was long. I didn't sleep much on the flight, but by the time I landed, even though I'd only I'm working on two hours of sleep, maybe 
I was roaring to go. Of Couldn't course, wait. Yeah. Adrenaline at that point. So, of course, everyone's going to know what kind of food you ate. Good food. Yeah. Lots and lots of good food. So, before, in the last episode, we had mentioned uh, wanting to eat a pretzel. Yeah. I failed. I'm sorry. <sighs> Currywurst. I enjoyed it. It's it's basically a hot dog uh, in some sort of sweet curry ketchup-y type sauce. It's it's hard to describe. It's a little too sweet for my liking, but it wasn't bad. It was good. Um, also had the highlight of the trip as far as the food. I also had schnitzel, which was delicious, but the highlight was, and I'm going to butcher this. I apologize, but I'm trying. Schweinsachsel. And it's ba- it, it translates to pork knuckle. And it's basically a ham hock with crackling all around the outside. Served with uh, sauerkraut and fried potatoes. It was so good. <laughs> oh, it was delicious. Um, I should note that, remember, even though I went to Essen and had all this food, still lost weight. Sure. Just saying. It helps when you walk five miles a day. <laughs> but the other thing, uh, I went to dinner one night with Rolf and Andre, the designers of Wildcatters, as well as, as well as Clay from Capstone. And they took us 30, 40 minutes away from the Mesa. And this restaurant, it was it was a 19th century brewery. And very much not a touristy part of town or anything like that. Walked in. Everybody could not have been more friendly. And the interesting thing, they had dogs in the restaurant, which... I'm cool with, I just, that's obviously, for all our listeners here in the States, that's a big no-no. You can't do that. And, but, you know, that was cool. Maybe they got snuck a piece of Schweinsachsel here or there. (laughs) I, 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 I don't know. (laughs) But for appetizers, they had these different uh, spreads on bread. Mm -hmm. And we ordered four of them. There were five of us there at the table. And we ordered four of them. One of which was like a, uh, almost like a, a goat cheese uh, and pine nut and pesto thing. That was fine. There was another one that was fine. But the two that I really wanted to mention, there was one that was, it was like a, a, a meat jelly, a ham jelly, a pork jelly, something. And which I was really about because the jelly, it was gelatinous. It wasn't like spreadable like jelly. Yeah. Um, it it was not. I, we all tried it and we all said, mm, thanks. Yeah, I don't know about that. However, the one thing that really had me nervous that, yeah, I was just nervous. It was raw ground pork, hmm. which you would never eat that raw here in the States. That's just unheard of. And they served it with some red onions. You spread it on, on bread and dig in. <laughs> well, we all had it, and it was unbelievably tasty. Shocked me. I had two bread or two slices of bread with it on it. It was so good. The red onions made it though. Yeah. Um, other than that, let's see. Let's see. Nuno and Paulo actually, I had forgotten to eat for about twenty four hour period. It happens. I, you guys have been to cons before it. You forget to eat, especially since you weren't there right. to to remind me. Hey, you're you're right. The reason you're tired. Uh-huh. Hey, Need all to right. Eat. So Nuno and Paulo showed me this little like food truck. They had a whole bunch of little food carts within the mesa there at at, at Spiel, but one was outside, 
and it was steak sandwiches with uh, f- fresh cabbage coleslaw stuff. And oh my God, we are going to have that every day <laughs> from now on at mess at, at Spiel every time. So it was between halls two and three on the outside area. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it totally gonna do that for now on. Nice. Had had some French fries while I was there, and they serve them with mayonnaise, which okay, that's cool. Yeah. And then their ketchup tastes different than it does here. Other things to notice was it's really hard to find water over there. Mm. Uh, so I was, I I I drank, I, I stole bottles of water everywhere I could. Not stole, but you know, <laughs> I, I bought or if uh, at the different uh, stands, the different booths, they had water and they offered. You betcha, I'm taking that. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, another thing that I noticed is all the hotels over there. The the spreads for breakfast is it puts American hotels to shame. Screw this continental breakfast stuff. <laughs> I was at a small hotel, and it was amazing. Had four different types of of uh, meat, like six different cheeses, two different types of yogurt. They had smoothies. They had three different types of water, mineral, and other. They had four different juices. They had granola. They had mixed nuts. They had fresh fruit. They all this it's stuff great. and eggs, sausage, bake, all that, and then. When I went over to interview Oscar and Daniel from 13 Days, they were staying at the Atlantic. I think it's called the Atlantic Congress. I met them over breakfast, and the buffet there was shocking. It They had champagne. They had omelets to order. They had pancakes. They had French toast. They had waffle. It just, it, holy cow. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was staggering. So, um, long story long, mm-hmm. the, food, the food was tasty. <laughs> okay. Speaking of the hotel, did you see anybody surprising there? I thought it was kind of weird. Not weird, like weird, because all the designers, they're just regular dudes, right? And dudettes. Yeah. But it, w- it was cool to see Reiner Knizia stroll on down to breakfast at my hotel. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a who's who down there. It, it Regardless of what hotel you stay in, mm-hmm. um, it was just seeing, oh, yeah, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so, just... Eating breakfast. Just chilling. Yeah. Who was the first board game famous person you met? You mean other than Paul Grogan? Well, yeah. All right. Um, let me see. Because we've already met Paul. Right. Well, he's still famous. Well, I know, but I'm saying. Uh, so when I went to the hall on Thursday morning, I, I am very grateful that I had a press pass so I did not have to... To wait, and I was able to go into the hall an hour, hour and a half early to interview and get a lay of the land and all that stuff. But as far as Met, I would say, honestly, it would be Veronica and Mariano, the publishers of What's Your Game? Because yeah. I went over, I beelined it to, to their booth. Um, yeah, I think the, those are the first ones that I met. And then soon thereafter, Nuno and Polo. Right. From Madeira and Panamax mm-hmm. and Nippon. Awesome. How was Heavy Cardboard received over there? Honestly, amazingly well. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I knew people would come up, say hi. That was cool. But that first day on Thursday, 90, 100 fans stopped by the booth or stopped me while I was walking and be like, oh, hey, big fan of the show. And that was that was really unexpected. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Um 
yeah, it was just, it was, it was humbling. It was exciting. It was, it was reaffirming that people out there actually are listening. Sure. We see the numbers. We, we, we know you're out there. But actual person standing yeah. in front of you. So there were a ton of highlights when it comes to meeting fans and listeners. But the two things that really stood out to me was, and I apologize, I forget his name, but one of which was, he was so excited to meet me, shake my hand, get a t-shirt, a listener from Hanoi, Vietnam. And I'm like, that's just crazy that we have fans that far away. And that was just, that was awesome. So, uh that, yeah, that was cool. I, I got to meet all the people, not all, obviously, but a bunch of the people that we have interacted with over the last couple of years from Twitter, be it Pete, be it Mira, and I'm, I'm not going to stop there because I'm going to forget far more yes. than I remember, but it was just, it was so cool to, to meet all these people. The other just, okay, that was cool interaction was I, this is sometime on Saturday and I'm off in one of the empty booths just I I had to get into my backpack for something or whatever so I was hunched over and you really couldn't see my shirt I didn't think and this older gentleman which I think was from Italy his accent I think was from Italy and he looks at me and and points at me and says you're to blame for this and I'm looking at him like what did I do (laughs) and he opens up his backpack and he points to a copy of Forged in Steel (laughs) So that's cool for two reasons. One, that, you know, we helped turn this guy onto a game, right? Mm-hmm. Just in, in actually getting that direct feedback in person yeah. and all that. But the other thing was Nightworks is a real tiny little company. It's just Don um, down in Colorado Springs, and that's local-ish mm-hmm. to us. So to see a local published game all the way over there in Essen, Germany, picked up from somebody from somewhere else in Europe. That was just a cool moment, yeah. you know? Um, and the fact that, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it was cool that he, he recognized me. So that was that was really cool. One more, I, I, as things pop yeah. into my head here. So on Sunday, the last 50 minutes I was at the booth for What's Your Game, which is Sunday's the last day of Spiel, uh, I tweeted out, hey, if you stop by the What's Your Game booth, Next 50 minutes, you can buy a T-shirt for 10 euros. Because honestly, uh, I needed the room for games. So I'm standing in front of the booth, and I see this hand holding out 10 euros. And there's Tom Vassell handing me 10 euros for a T-shirt. So that was uh, that was that was unexpected. I think is a good way to 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 say it. Um, so I gave him a T-shirt, and I actually, I'll be honest, I gave him two. And he's like, well, you don't know what I'm going to use them for. And I say, easy, Tom, easy. <laughs> but apparently he might wear them in some of his videos when he reviews heavier games. I told him, I'm not going to ask you to. I said, but I'm not going to I'm not gonna say no. So that, that was pretty cool. And then he and I talked shop for, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. And yeah, we get along fine. We just run in different circles, obviously. But yeah, he was totally, totally gracious and, and just a dude. Really tall dude. I'm six foot two, two eleven now. Yes. Um, but he dwarfs me. That's a big he's, dude. He's very big. Yes. He's a he's six four, six five, six six, he's somewhere around really there. Tall. But could I got nothing but nice things to say about the interaction? It was it was really cool. Yeah. Good. 
So I'm currently working on editing over 20 interviews that you conducted, two of which are in the episode here, but and then the others will be shared with our Patreon backers before being released in episodes. And so who was your favorite interview? Ah, uh, I all of them. I'm not going to pick a favorite, but I will say this. Okay, fine. Who was your easiest interview? Uh, probably, hmm, easiest. Honestly, I think it was Tony Boydell, even though he was my first interview. Mm-hmm. Because there's a reason I wanted Tony Boydell to be my first interview. Because he's just easygoing. Um, plus, um, he speaks English. I mean, yeah. the Queen's English. Uh, but I, 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 his personality is such that I just knew it would be a, a fun conversation to have. And it would... It would help me settle down my jitters right. and and I wouldn't have to worry about maybe having my ear tuned yet to the the different accents and everything. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was probably the easiest. And that really was he couldn't have been nicer. I, everybody was awesome. I mean, right. I'll be honest. And that's not me just saying it. Really, everybody was super accommodating, um, even if their booth was just slammed. During the time we had scheduled for an interview, everybody made time. And that was, yeah, it was really awesome. As far as different interviews, though, let let me think here. Probably the one that I came away afterwards thinking, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait for people to hear that, was Albin Viard's. That was was really, really interesting. It was enlightening. And it was, it was, it was interesting from a design standpoint of how he came about his design ideas and where that came from. And I think that's going to be really exciting for folks to listen to. So that was cool. Thomas Spitzer, the designer of the Cole Trilogy, uh, Rochefort, Cole and Colony, and Hospital Connect. He was the only one that wanted a translator with him. But his English was good enough, I thought. Yeah. And just... How personal of a story he told. Very, yes. Uh, that was that was really awesome. Martin Wallace was extremely candid in our interview, which I was kind of surprised about. But props to him for doing that. That was that was one that I was like, dude, that's Martin Wallace. <laughs> the the only one that I was really nervous about, I think, was Phil Eklund. And John Bohr. And both of them couldn't have been nicer. And couldn't have been more approachable. And watching Phil Eklund during the interview, he was hopping from one foot to the other when he was talking about Pax Renaissance. <laughs> and it, you could see just the excitement and the about being able to include all the history and all that. And it was just like I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm listening to him, obviously. But I'm also thinking to myself. Is this real? Like, this right? is so... Really? This is cool. Richard Breeze was was great. Um, being able to finally meet Stefan Riesthaus and Andre, uh, Andre and Rolf from Wildcatters and Christoph Matsutsik from Craftsman and I'm going to forget. Paulo and Nuno were extremely just... I'm happy to call them friends. They are a couple of guys that are super passionate and super real and by what i mean by that is they're just they're guys that i i want to call friends they're people that you want to hang out with and that you know that if you need something 
they won't even ask here have it right. whatever you know that type yeah. of people yeah not to say that the others aren't don't get me wrong but just and it helps that they were at the what's your game booth a lot mm-hmm. and i was as well so yeah. i i had more time to kind of bond with them yeah, yeah, than sure. i did everyone else um obviously yours and your rune from uh splatter we're from, yeah, now don't ruin it. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying it was cool to see them again. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, just, yeah, it was just, there's so much. Uh, Bern Eisenstein from uh, Panthelos, but also uh, Peloponnese. And I'll be honest, if you guys, uh, when you hear that interview, I don't talk about Peloponnese or Peloponnese. I, because I didn't know how to pronounce it, I was embarrassed. And so I didn't, I, didn't talk about you should that. Should have been like, so tell me about all of your games. Can you name them all? <laughs> That'd be like a, a dumb girl question to ask. <laughs> I could so, do that for you next year. <laughs> um, so one other thing, uh, while it's popping into my head, is I was excited to meet the board and dice guys. Uh, they originally they are the ones that publish and designed Pune Imperium, which is. Uh, went through a few iterations and became Beer Empire. I've been waiting on this game two, maybe three years it's now. It's been a long time. And when I saw the artwork and I saw everything online and how they had streamlined and, and I was worried that they made it too simple. And come to find out, I actually sat down with them Sunday at 6 p.m. after Spiel closed. Uh, while people were tearing down booths around us, I was sitting down with the guys with... Uh, uh, the designer and the publisher and a couple of the other guys who were awesome. And I didn't play a demo, but they ran me through the game. And I was blown away at how many balls in the air you have to juggle. And it completely relieved my fear Good. of that, which that was one. I've been waiting on it so long. I was so worried that it was just going to be yeah, whatever, and yeah. pass it up. Yeah. And come to find out, no, I, I genuinely, I still am not a fan of the artwork direction they chose. Okay. It's very saturated, very bright, very, it just, almost cartoony. Yeah, that's not our type of art, for sure. But the game itself looks really damn good. Um, it so happened to just pop on Kickstarter today oh. as well. So check that out if you're so inclined, but I'm going to be backing it for what it's worth. All right. Oh, one more thing, last thing, was I'm sure most of our listeners have probably heard by now what happened on Saturday at Spiel. Yeah. Um, I know that there were two, maybe as many as four booths that had their cash boxes stolen uh, from an organized crime folk. Uh, I was lucky enough or fortunate enough or willing, whatever the word is, uh, I stopped by the Luda Creations booth on Sunday after I'd heard what happened. Obviously, my roommate, Paul Grogan, he uh, edited the rules and and did all that stuff. I went over to their booth, asked if there's anything that I could do, and I helped proofread the the actual Kickstarter page. It's funny, if you look on the Kickstarter, you see a picture of me on there, and I'm, I'm actually proofreading and suggesting a couple of changes here or there or whatever, but I think it's awesome. The way the the community has rallied around them and just it just shows how trusting and how overall how good natured the people in this hobby are. And just I want to 
give big kudos to everybody that's supporting that. Even even if you're not giving money, just spreading the word or whatever. And it's obviously gotten way bigger now than the amount of money that they they lost, but it's it's the principle of it. And I, I just yeah, I, I got a chance to meet Iraklis at uh, from Luda Creations, and genuinely good guy. And I was I was happy to play my little part in helping them. I know R and R Games also had mm. uh, uh, their stuff stolen, and there were a couple others I heard, but I didn't hear names. So, you know, from lemons to lemonade, yeah. you know, and and yeah, that was really really cool to see. Good. Did you follow up on your promise to me to drink beer? I did. <gasps> I have pictures to prove it. I haven't seen these pictures. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I do have the pictures to prove it. In fact, while we were out at that, uh, at that, uh, the, I was going to call it the beer factory. That's funny. <laughs> you know, the place they make the beer. It's a beer factory. But there, there were two types. There was light and dark. And I tried them both. Now, I didn't order my own beer, so okay. I tried a little bit of... Uh, of Rolf's uh, light beer, um, terrible. Okay. Yeah, I did not like it. The dark beer, though, uh, uh, Clay's. I had a few sips of that actually, not just wow. one, or, one or two. And I, I, if if they had like little flights, yeah. you know, like the little um, like. Well, yeah, they're all flights. Are, are they okay? That size, I would have had one. Yep. I will have to tell my friend Anne because that would make her very happy, and she will try to match you with a good beer. All right, so that was that was pretty cool. I don't know what it was; it was very dark. Okay, but that's it, really all I need to tell her. Okay, she'll yeah. run. It was tasty. Good. Not horrible, but Yay. I did drink more wine than I drank anything else. As long else. as you drank some beer and kept your promise, yep. then we're good. I did. All right, awesome. And it's not served in Steins. We uh we were corrected. Yes, we via were. email prior. Sorry, dumb Americans, but. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll be more prepared for us in next year. Yes. All right. So let's hear about the gathering at Fritz Patrick's. That was far and away the highlight of the entire career or life of the show for me, and it's not even close. So it's Friday night, seven fifty-eight p.m. I asked people, "Hey, it's going to start at 8. The on Wednesday when we had a, a impromptu gathering of eight, it was supposed to be, and there were like twenty-five of us. Uh, that got together. I met with the manager and told her eh, maybe 80. And my biggest fear was 10 to 15 people would show up. And she said, well, if by nine o'clock you haven't filled all the tables, then we'll start releasing them. And I was like, cool, good deal. So I walk in at 7.58. We have the entire back room there and heavy card boat. <laughs> if you guys ever saw the sign or the pictures on Twitter, it's, uh, they, they miss is. It was a translation thing. No big deal. Um, I walk in. I didn't have room to sit. I ended up having to sit on my own suitcase that I brought that had all the t-shirts in it and was just blown away. I'm not going to list everybody that was there. Uh, Matt should be, by the time this goes live or soon thereafter, he will have the full video that Tiffany Ralph, the one tar, uh, was gracious enough to record. Yes. So thank you very, very much, Tiffany, for doing that. Um, yeah, that was that was speechless. Truly, I was. And brought a tear to my eye, I'll be honest. And yeah, it was. I, I wish you could have been there. I wish everybody could have been there to, to just be in the, in the area of 
of just fellowship of heavy gamers. And it wasn't just that, oh, it's a gathering about our show. It wasn't just that. It was just we all had a commonality, board games. But even within that commonality, there's a, you know, a niche of a subset of commonality that it was just... It was really humbling. It was real, really reaffirming. It was all those things. It was just, it was, I was speechless. And as you guys know, I like to talk and that's hard to do. And it was just, yeah, I was emotional. It was, it was cool. It was beyond belief. I was able to present Nuno and Polo with 2013 Golden Elephant Award and then Stefan Reisthaus, which I, I, I have a funny story, but you guys will see it in the video of 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 Stefan Reisthaus and how I met him, uh, but I was able to get uh, present him his Arkwright um, uh, or his Golden Elephant Award for Arkwright, and it was just yeah, it it, it was awesome. Truly, it, it, if you look up the definition of awesome, if there's a picture of no no, just this is what the word awesome is supposed to convey, and it was that. It's wonderful. I'm so glad. So the plans for next year's meetup were already, like, in full swing, right? Oh, no, it's booked. It's done? Yeah, yeah. That, the, uh, the night after, um, actually, uh, yeah, that night I got with the manager and I booked it for 80 more because she can't do more than that. So one small little anecdote. I was talking to Stephen Bonacore of Stronghold Games um, via email back and forth a few times before Essen. And I invited him to, to stop by if he wanted to. And I told him, yeah, we have it reserved for 80. And he he was like, wait, what? Did you mistype that and mean eight? <laughs> he said, Fritz Patrick's is the most popular place in Essen during Spiel. And I said, no, really, 80. I was worried. And we ended up having over 100 people show up. And it was just, yeah, so cool. Very so cool. amazing. So, yeah, it's booked for Friday night, 8 p.m. Next spiel. Yeah, so that's, I, I know it's closer to Halloween, yeah, actually, yeah. actually next year. But, um, yeah. Awesome. Any other traditions started other than a yearly meetup at Fritz Patrick's? A couple. Um, I'm hoping to do the, it seems all the booths go out to like a, uh, a celebratory dinner individually kind of they all have their own little place like i know paul went to the cge one and because i was at the what's your game booth they invited me to go there and we went to a uh, restaurant that is traditional for them so it uh afterwards and they invited me it was me nuno paulo uh veronica and mariano and christian a gentleman from Brazil and oh and Gil Deori. Um so all of us went and we went to dinner, I wanna say about nine o'clock, and they ended up taking me back to my hotel about two, two thirty. Wow. And it was just awesome. Just, seriously, just everything about that was just amazing. From Meeting the, the, the fans to meeting the designers, the publishers, and being able to sit in on a meeting uh, between designer and publisher and them pitching games. And that was that was unexpected and really cool to see how that side of it works. 
and to see how busy and to be there with 174,000 people, it was just unbelievable. If The one thing I would say to folks that if you are interested in the latest hotness, because Spiel is not about playing games, as we said, it's all about, it's basically a trade fair. It's just a giant shopping place and where a lot of deals get made between designers, publishers, distributors, stuff like that. There's really no need for anybody that isn't media or a designer or publisher or whatever to be there for all four days. But if you ever get a chance to go for a day or two, do yourself a favor and do it. It's a who's who. I mean, everybody from Uwe Rosenberg, Stefan Feld, Martin Wallace, John Bohr, just it's they're there is is yeah. the point. It was just it was it was absolutely crazy. Anyone specific you want to give a shout out to? Everyone. Um, thank you to all the designers and publishers that gave us the time, gave me the time to to sit and have an interview with to, to because as, as crazy as it is there and as hectic as it is to to set aside 10, 15 minutes to just be one on one. That was really special. And super big thank you to Veronica and Mariano of What's Your Game that uh, leading up to Spiel, I thought What's Your Game was kind of a big publisher, which, I mean, they relatively are, right? Mm-hmm. It's two people. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's two partners. It's Mariano and Veronica. Another thing that blew my mind, it's not a Portuguese company. They're Italian. But it's not an Italian company. Yep. It's a German company because they live in Germany. So yo, dog. Being able to to hang out with them and them being gracious enough to share their booth with me, I really appreciate. And just to all the fans, um, thank you because, as I say in the video, without y'all, the this SN doesn't, doesn't happen. This doesn't. This this doesn't happen. Yeah. Not even just SN. Just this in general. So thank you to everybody that uh, made it just an amazing experience. Try to describe the enormity of the Mesa. I don't care if you've been to Gen Con. It, it dwarfs it. Now, Gen Con, some people will say, is bigger than Essen. And it very well might be. However, Gen Con is magic. It is role-playing games. It is a lot of other things that aren't board games. And board games. Essen, Spiel, is board games. It's 174,000 people came this year there were over a thousand different booths let that sink in a thousand there i i spent over 40 hours in the mesa and there were aisles that i still didn't make it down wow and i don't care how prepared you think you are i thought i was very prepared i had everything scheduled i i mean i had my schedule on my phone i had my schedule on uh my notepad i had everything ready and Nope, wasn't ready. It's just I, I was I was trying to pick up games. I was trying to mule games for a few people. I got some stuff. I wasn't able to get other stuff. There were booths I didn't make it to, like the board and dice guys. I didn't make it there until Sunday. Right. Um, it's just it's just enormous and just it's staggering how big it is. So until you experience it, there's no preparing for it. Just go and be ready to be overwhelmed and sensory overload and have a blast. Everybody that we met there could not have been more friendly, be it local. 
uh, out at the bars afterwards, you know, hours after could not have been. And we're not talking like waiters and waitress server types. I'm talking just other people at the bar that weren't a part that live in Essen. Right. Um, could not have been nicer. Everybody, all the vendors, uh, all the people that worked there at the Mesa, just highly, highly positive experience. Good. Yep. Was the language barrier an issue? A total non-issue. All right. Uh, English is overwhelmingly spoken by 99% of the people there. Okay. Um, and every, almost every interview that I did with a non-native English speaker, mm-hmm. they were all very worried about how their English was. And you guys will hear uh, throughout the next few episodes, next couple months, whatever, totally a non-issue. Yeah. Um, and... I was worried about that, too, a little bit. I did try and speak German a little bit. Some people were very appreciative of that. Others were like, no, no, we'll just speak in English. I'm like, well, I tried. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, but no, total non-issue there. And uh, getting to Essen from the Dusseldorf airport, I was really nervous about it, especially having to take the trains. But having everything planned out ahead of time, um, total non-issue. Yeah, it, it, it was very clear, very... I mean, they're German. They're very or, well organized, right. right? So is that all you got? Yep. I came up with questions, then I gave my phone to Matt. He looked at the questions and added the language barrier one, and then he was like, you're good. All right. So yeah, um, just unbelievable experience. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters for helping make that happen. Yeah. Um, thank you to all our listeners for being interested yeah. in that and uh just know that there's going to be a lot of reviews coming mm-hmm. y'all's way here uh sooner rather than later speaking of reviews and interviews now be a good time to hear from your senorun of splatter and my really terrible voice on sunday afternoon it's really not that bad guys Edward Beckett Spiel 2016. The con is winding down. It's uh, coming up on four o'clock and on Sunday, and I finally have gotten you two free. We have Jeroen Doman and Joris Weersinger of Splatter, or Joris and Jeroen as, as I know them. So thanks for taking the time, fellas. My pleasure. Yes, great to see you again. Uh, you as well. So the con's been good to y'all, right? Yes, uh, it's been wonderful. Uh, I never say con, I say the spiel has been great. Yeah, right, sure, sure, sure. sure. (laughs) Habits die hard, right? (laughs) But uh, yes, it's uh, it's been good, yeah. We sold sold out Food Chain very quickly. Of course, it won this small award, so uh, (laughs) it's now very famous. Um, We have four copies of Indonesia left, but actually we stole them from one of the retailers and we took them back and we didn't give them, so... <laughs> it's good we, to be the uh, designers some, and publishers. <laughs> we had some retailers being a little bit uh, anxious to get them still, and we, uh, well, Zimbabwe has also been doing good. And what we see is we have a lot of people who come to play Indonesia and Zimbabwe who know us only from Food Chain, and so they come and they say, oh, you're the designers of Food Chain. Oh, did you make other games as well? So <laughs> that's wow, really cool. Wow, that's awesome. It's really like, oh, wow, you've got two new games this year. <laughs> or new for this year, but reprints from oh, for, back in the day. For us, reprints, but for them it's new because they only know us. It's like, oh, you're that new company. The, 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 the price of you guys blowing up all of a sudden. Exactly. So... Uh, 
As far as the Indonesian Great Zimbabwe, the for anyone who isn't here, what's the process going on for shipping those? How's that coming? Um, just the, the regular price, uh, the regular way. So for Zimbabwe, we have everything. So I think they're all, all of them or almost all of them have been assembled by now. So we'll start shipping those out next week, I believe. Yep. So Zimbabwe is going going out immediately starting Monday. And if you ordered Zimbabwe and Indonesia, you have to wait a little bit longer, but hopefully we will have all the other stuff on, uh, on Monday or Tuesday and we will ship it in the coming two weeks. So, so everything that goes to the US, it's shipped on pallets to the US and then uh, uh, transferred and then shipped uh, in the US. So it takes a little while for the pallets to go there and everything that goes anywhere else, it's shipped uh, straight away. Cool. So it blows my mind that you guys are saying Monday, today's Sunday, you spent four, five, six days, whatever it is here at the con, and now you're gonna hit the ground running on Monday. Take a day. I don't think anyone's gonna anyone's gonna complain. Take a day, seriously. But we, we don't, we used to ship every single thing ourselves, but now we have the guys who do our packaging, they do most of the shipping. Okay. So the only thing we need to do is some of the admin stuff, and most of that has been done. So okay. well, lots in that of things case. are already printed and in packages, so. It's not like we are going to... Uh, okay, good. I was you know, worried. Because Johan has to fly to the US or to Canada on Monday, so he has other stuff to do. Oh, oh so actually Jeroen doesn't mind at all doing it because then it would fall on your shoulders. Right, I got you. Right. <laughs> well, if only. <laughs> right. Um, so you want to take a second and talk about the changes on Indonesia in the, uh, the map? In the yeah, yeah, sure, definitely. So we actually upgraded nearly all the components in there so we the map has had I would say minor changes but it's it's clarified a lot it's it's more clear especially around the Bali area right yes yeah, so we fix fix that part as well uh, so together is that we improved the company deed so instead of having map coordinates and only a hardly legible province <laughs> name that only Joris understands. <laughs> no, I, I can't help it that some people are not up to speed on the topography of Indonesia. I mean, when we made this game, I couldn't imagine that you wouldn't know where some of the islands of Indonesia were. Yep. But so it, instead of having that, we re actually we re removed the coordinates from the map because it cluttered a bit. And all the company deeds have a little map on them showing this is where this company starts. Uh, the, the city cards are also much nicer, so they're now proper cards. They look nice instead of being almost just a piece of paper. And we and we have, <coughs> excuse me. So we we have for the goods to deliver to cities, we have wooden pieces, and we still have the same cardboard chits to put as plantations on the map. But it helps In, clarify the the operations steps Exa of the, uh, exactly, of the game. Exactly, quite a lot. So actually in the rules it says to use them the other way around, but the wooden pieces turned out bigger than we expected them to be. But actually it, it, it works fine like this. Uh, and Joris has tested it yesterday as well with a full game and his opinion now is hey, this, it's actually better this way around. Having it, uh, so where you're saying the rules have it the way you intended, but you're saying to do the opposite to where the goods are the, uh, are the wooden pieces now. Exactly, because the the goods are the things you handle all game, because each turn you deliver them, you take them off again. The plantations you put on the board once, and they remain there for the rest of the game. Cool. All right. It looks fantastic. Uh, well, thank I, you. 
I have my copy, uh, old and new. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting this back out to the table. And that's the nice thing about the new edition is even though it's only small changes and not really any changes as far as the game goes, yep. it gives people a reason to pull it back out and have it hit the table, which there's just no downside for as good a game as it is. So as far as the Great Zimbabwe, pretty much a straight reprint, yeah? Yeah, it's a straight reprint. We had um, our graphic designer look at the colors and we made the colors a little bit more vibrant. So I think it looks, looks slightly better, but just if you put them side by side and some of the wooden pieces, uh, the wooden pieces are a little bit thicker, but otherwise it's a straight reprint. Honestly, I didn't know that it needed much. Uh, so yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. I did have a listener ask, uh, want me to ask uh, one question, and since uh, you're the one that travels as far as how you come up with some of these uh, crazy games, uh, Great Zimbabwe, what was the inspiration behind Zimbabwe in particular? Was it the history of it, or how did that come to be? Well, so uh, I actually did travel to Zimbabwe, but uh, that was not the main inspiration. I, I lived and worked in South Africa for quite a while, and I, I wanted to make a game about Africa, which is not about um, white colonial rule in Africa. But because most people, if they talk about Africa, they talk about uh, colonial guys coming there and uh, 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 running the show, and then as soon as they leave, uh, no one makes game, no one makes games over about what happened before or after. And actually, Zimbabwe was a, a pretty big, pretty big uh, civilization that people don't really know about. And so, what we tried is to come up with a, um, or, or to make something about a civilization that's really truly African and to put as many really truly African gods and civilizations in the game as we could. So all that is is true to form then? Everything that's in there as much as you could? As much as we could. I mean, I'm not a specialist, but as much as we could, we put African gods and African art in it. Uh, we actually asked for someone from the African Art Museum to help us a little bit on the, uh, on the art. And then the reason we picked Zimbabwe out of, because it, what it does do is it, 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 it mixes lots of different years, lots of different centuries even, and areas. Because, uh, so some of the gods are from West Africa, or from, so it's, it, it's all from all over the place. Um, but what we, uh, we picked Zimbabwe as the title because Zimbabwe erected this, this stone monuments, which are like, like, short, like pillars, or uh, it's actually a little bit uh, uh, broader at the base than in the top. And so, this looks very much like the monuments that we're building in the, in the game, so that's why we uh, called the game Great Zimbabwe rather than naming it after one of the other uh, empires that's in there. Very enlightening, all right, cool. So the last question then, because uh, everyone's going to ask you, they're gonna ask me, they're gonna ask, the, and you know what's coming. Even though here we are finally at Spiel 2016, what's Splatter's plan for 17? Um, we don't know exactly yet, so we're definitely working on a new game. So hopefully that will be ready for next year's spiel. But we can't promise anything yet. I mean, it's, it's done when it's done. Fair enough. Uh, can you say a little bit about what the game is or it's, about? No, or? It's too, too early to tell okay, still. still? Uh, okay. yeah. And we, we may also do an antiquity reprint uh, next year as well. That's going to get people fired up now. <laughs> nice job. All right, fellas, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for the awesome games that you have made. And uh, 
honestly, Jeroen, thank you for being willing to help with shipping my games back because that's going to be a disaster for me otherwise. So uh, My pleasure. Thanks for interviewing us. It's always a pleasure. Yep. So, uh, yeah, and one other thing. Thank you for uh, taking the uh, Golden Elephant Award and having it displayed here at the, uh, at the booth the entire uh, spiel, as well as uh, having our logo up there with Food Chain Magnate. Now I just gotta, I just want to see it on the box for the fifth printing. That's all I'm saying. So but for that you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> this, the ones that we sold uh, sold out here at Fair the sixth printing already. Even wow, how how crazy is that to you guys? It's amazing. It it keeps on it keeps on selling out wherever we bring it. It sells out. So we don't know what what it is about this game, but it's really amazing. Yeah. Cool. Hey, congratulations to you both, and uh, thank you. And. Uh, Keep putting out great games and travel home safe, all right? Yeah. Likewise, safe travels. So Antiquity, huh? What? 2018. Oh, you know, just, you know, dropping scoops. Right. That's all, that's all we do here oh, in oh, Heavy Cardboard. Oh, did you hear that? That was the scoop being dropped. So that was cool. Thanks a lot to the fellas for both uh, making themselves available and displaying the golden elephant award yes. in the booth and having the heavy cardboard or the golden elephant logo in their booth and just that's just that's still really crazy to me i'll be honest yeah. but uh and and Jeroen, thank you for shipping my games i really really appreciate it and and yoris thank you for giving me a heart attack on facebook showing me the picture of the palette and telling me that was all our games <laughs> And for all those folks who don't know how to get in contact with us, Amanda? Our website is heavycardboard.com. Our email address is contact at heavycardboard.com. We love hearing from you guys, so please don't be shy. Our Twitter handle is at heavycardboard. Our Facebook page is heavycardboard. Our YouTube channel is heavycardboardvids, V-I-D-S. Our Instagram is heavycardboard. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash heavycardboard. And our BGG guild number is 2044. All right. I think this has gone on long enough, don't you? Yeah. So we're considering a format change, though, starting sooner rather than later when it comes to the show. We were thinking about doing, instead of every other week, we first started out twice a month. Yeah. Then we went every other week. Yeah. Now we're thinking about doing an episode every week with a catch. Yes. So the every week would be a featured review or mm -hmm. an interview or a series of interviews or something like that. And then the full show, you know, the what we've been playing, the, the whole front end of the show, that being a monthly thing, but getting more content out more often. So in the end, it's better for y'all. So what do y'all think of that idea? Yeah, give us, give us your feedback. Um, and on that note, I have been trying to integrate video a little bit more, whether it's little Instagram, like Snapchat type story type things, or just maybe even doing some live YouTube stuff. If you guys are interested in that, let us know too. I know that um, just the little couple little 10 second clips I put up on Facebook last weekend with us playing Kepler was everybody really seemed to enjoy that. So see, just let us know. Yeah, feedback is... is this shows as much about y'all as it is about us yep. and, and trying to get you guys those reviews, interviews and everything that everybody mm -hmm. craves. So, so yeah, 
touch base with us, let us know. And um, we're also considering starting doing some first look type stuff. Oh, we just got done with a first play of one of these Essen games mm -hmm. and record a little audio snippet, maybe a video. We'll see. we'll see. And a little quick, little three, five minute. Hey, what's mm -hmm. your take on this? And going from there. Very that. little editing. Just boom up. See so we'll yeah, just let us know, guys. Yep. Give us feedback. And with that, we will talk to you all soon with more stuff, more, be it reviews and interviews. More right? interviews, more Essen, more. Yeah, we got a whole lot of Essen games to play. Yeah. All right. So thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Thanks for truly. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Seriously, guys. Thank you so much. It it really means it really means a lot to both of us. So. It does. All right. We'll catch you all soon. Bye. Hey guys, this is Phil Compo from Montreal, Canada. My top three picks for Essen 2016 are Terraforming Mars, Stefan Fell's Oracle of Delphi, and of course, Mr. Rosenberg, The Feast for Odin. Thanks very much for the contest. Keep up the great podcast. Hello, uh, I am calling from Poland. I am calling to uh, about Essen contest, uh, and I have three games on my list. First one is 1836. Uh, uh, I love this. I love uh, 1830. So I uh, hope to see uh, uh, this this game. I hope that this uh, uh, 46 will be a little faster. Who knows? I never played it uh, yet. Uh, second game is Indonesia. Uh, I have uh, foot train magnet and uh, it is great. It is really, really great. In Indonesia, uh, you, I uh, have uh, listened to your podcast uh, some time ago and Indonesia was on your top. So hope to, uh, I, I think that it uh, I will be good too. And the second one is the Oracle of Delphi. It is a, a Stefan Feld game and I, I love, I love the designer. I have, uh, uh, few his games and, um, this one, uh, maybe he, he has few years, uh, break too. I don't remember, uh, last year his game, uh, he, he has break probably a year, year. So maybe, uh, maybe it will be a good game. Who knows? We will see. Uh, thank you for your podcast, and uh, maybe we will meet someday on Essen. Bye-bye. Hey, Edward. Hey, Amanda. This is Eric from Twitter. Just want to say love your show, and keep doing what you're doing. Um, top three Essen games. A Feast for Odin, Oracle of Delphi, and Great Western Trail. Again, I love your show. Keep doing what you're doing. It makes my commute to work a whole lot better. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, it's Rob from uh, Australia. Uh, just finding in relation to the uh, Essen releases. Um, looking forward to a couple of Kickstarters coming out, obviously, because um, we get those well after you guys. Uh, Ave Roma, Crisis, and uh, finally getting my copy of uh, Vinyos. But in terms of new releases, 
really looking forward to uh, Plus Ultra, the court of uh, Emperor Charles V, and two which uh, missed my radar, which, which I picked up on the podcast, Flow of History, uh, which uh, uh, sounds really interesting, and uh, Railroad Revolution, which uh, just sounds uh, really off the charts. Uh, so really looking forward to that. Thanks for the podcast, um, and uh, thanks for the recap. The, uh, the uh, double teaming with uh, Punch and Cardboard was great, and uh, good luck. Cheers. Hi, this is Ben from Greenville, South Carolina. I love the show, and I really depend on y'all when it comes to making decisions about longer, more expensive, and harder to find games. I'm looking forward to seeing how the Essen crop shakes out this year. I've ordered Bios Genesis because I couldn't resist the, the heavy microbiology theme. 1844-1854 and the Great Western Trail are the other two that top my interest list. Thanks. Hey, Heavy Cardboard. This is Sing Alex from BGG. Upcoming releases that I'm looking forward to are Solarius Mission, Feast for Odin, and The Colonist. Hi, this is Charlie Morgan from Athens, Ohio, calling in with my top three uh, Essen games I'm looking forward to. First would be uh, Yokohama, and then uh, two uh, Martian-style games, Terraforming Mars, of course, and First Martian Adventures on the Red Planet. Hey there, Heavy Cardboard. Uh, this is Ethan, and uh, the top three games I'm looking forward to coming out of Essen are Terraforming Mars, A Feast for Odin, and Crisis. Hi, it's John Pree from Los Angeles, big fan of the show. My top three anticipated games from Essen are Solarius Mission, Sola Fide, and Railroad Revolution. Take care, guys. Bye. Hey, Heavy Cardboard fans. John here with my top three picks for Heavy Cardboard uh, Essen 2016. And seriously, only three picks? <sighs> okay, well, my picks. Number three, Alchemist King's Golem expansion for Alchemist. I love that game. It's gorgeous. It's wonderful. Any expansions for it, insta-buy. Number two, Bios Genesis. Really excited for it from acclaimed designer Phil Eklund and expands his Bios line of games. Not sure anything else is required to state. And then lastly, Key to the City, London. Not typically uh, typical for us heavy cardboard fans, but from the dynamic duel Sebastian Bleasdale and Richard Breeze. So, yeah, excited. Anyway, happy gaming, y'all. Thanks. Hey, Heavy Cardboard. This is uh, Spencer, or Recneps on Board Game Geek. Just wanted to call and tell you my three most anticipated SM games. Uh, Feast for Odin, Innis, and Great Western Trail. Thanks, guys. Hey, Edward and Amanda. I really enjoy listening to your show, um, Heavy Cardboard, and I saw you guys are doing a contest for Arkwright, and my husband and I have been really interested in that game. <laughs> and... We were actually planning on being in Essen this year, and we had the whole plan lined out. We were going to see the Redskins game in London after visiting Essen, and we decided to buy a house instead. So while it's great to have the house, it's kind of let down not to be in Essen this year. Um, but we really enjoy hearing all of your talks and learning about new board games that way. I was really excited to see Vinhas Deluxe Edition, Great Zimbabwe in Indonesia in Essen. Um, we are getting the Great Zimbabwe and... Indonesia shipped to our house, so we're still going to be able to play those, and I'm looking forward to hearing your reviews. Hey, Eddie Cardboard, this is John Russo. My top three games for SM release that we're anticipating are The Great Zimbabwe and Indonesia, and probably A Feast for Odin. Hey, Edward and Amanda, this is Dave Armstrong. I think I am entering the contest for Artright since I sold my copy to Kevin, who's coming with me to uh, Hemicon. 
because he couldn't get it at the time, and now I'm really sad that I don't have it. So I don't normally do contests. So I'm hoping I get all this information right since I'm not listening to your podcast because I'm going to listen to all of them on my way to Italy here in another week. So I've kind of banked them all. So I think I have to give you my three games that I'm looking forward to in Essen, and uh, it's going to be Lagrange No Siesta. I love the base of Lagrange. <clears throat> Lisboa, because, well, anything Vital makes. And then Barcelona. Those are the three games I think I'm looking forward to the most, but there's probably a list a mile long that I want from there. So that was just the top three. Anyway, uh, love you guys. Keep it up, uh, and have a great day. Bye. Hey, heavy card work board people. This is Kevin Bacon from Stevens Point, Wisconsin, calling. My top three games that I'm looking forward to from SN are Tramways, Bios Genesis, and to be completely honest, um, I'm waiting for Fields of Fire, the reprint, and I've been waiting since 2013, and I know it's not coming out on Essen, but I'm hoping it'll be sometime this next year at least. Well, that's it, so thank you. Hey, Edward and Amanda, this is Garrett. Uh, you guys can find me on BGG as Lament, although I'm much more of a lurker than an active poster. Uh, my top three games that I'm looking forward to uh, Essen are uh, Solaris Mission, uh, Bios Genesis, and Cottage Garden. Hi, my name is Stephen Hazlitt. I'm a listener from Houston, Texas. My three most anticipated Essen games are number three, uh, the Seven Wonders Dual Pantheon expansions, one of my wife and I's favorite games, so more of it would be great. Uh, number two is Sola Fide, the Reformation. Uh, love 1960. Interested to see if this would be another great area control game for two people uh, that could give the 1960 experience in a little bit less time. Also, interesting theme, so uh, eager to see what they do with that. Uh, number one, however, by far, is A Feast for Odin. Uh, love pretty much everything that Uwe Rosenberg does. Uh, the Viking theme looks cool, and uh, as overwhelming as it is, uh, I think those 60 action spaces are uh, going to be something that's going to give a lot of replayability to this one. So those are the three Seven Wonders, Dual Pantheon, Sola Fide, and A Feast for Oath. Hi, this is Ambi. And this is Toby. And since we're two people, we'll each say three things we're excited for, for Essen. Um, I'm excited for A Feast for Odin, Adrenaline, and the Winter Circle reprint. And I'm excited for the Great Zimbabwe, Indonesia, and all the 18xxs, like 1881 Berlin, and 1859 for the Winds of Essen set. Even though we have that. Yeah, but we haven't played it yet. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. Hey, Edward and Amanda. It's Kyle Vanderwood from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, I love the show, guys. Um, I wanted to say that the three games I'm looking forward to from Essen this year are Great Western Trail, A Feast for Odin, and Bios Genesis. Hi, this is Ross. Uh, my top three anticipated for Essen is number one, Feast for Odin. Uh, number two, Orleans, Trade and Intrigue. And number three, Fields of Green. Hi, Heavy Cardboard. This is Zach from New Hampshire calling in for your contest for the most anticipated Essen releases. I was really hoping for Caravan at Essen, but it looks like that's not going to happen. So instead, I will go with Key to the City, Jorvik, and Ulm. Thanks for the great podcast and keep it up. Hi, folks. This is Jared, or Bizwang, on BGG. My top three games from Essen, Terraforming Mars. Uh, it's gotten such rave reviews. Uh, I have to check it out. Great Western Trail. I don't know anything about it, but Alexander Fister, 
um, impresses me uh, time and time again. And Cry Havoc, I thought to myself, I have Kemet. Uh, I don't need another game like this. I never even get to play Kemet. But everyone's saying they love it, so i got to check it out. Um, thank you so much for your unique perspective. I know when I turn into your sh- show, uh, I'll never hear uh, something I've already heard on another show. So uh, I love it. Thanks so much. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for this contest and for the podcast. I'm pretty new to the hobby, and I jumped kind of right into middleweight gaming and moving my way up to heavy games. Um, from what I gather about what's coming out at Essen, I'm most excited for a feast for Odin because it's Uwe Rosenberg and Vikings and what's not to love. And I am also pretty jazzed about, uh, Peak Oil. I think that looks like a really interesting game. I'm digging the minimal, minimalist artwork, uh, the theme and looks like there's some, gonna be some interesting decisions to be making in that game. And just for fun, because uh, I like to hang out with my non-gaming buddies and drink some beers, I'm looking forward to Small Star Empires. Howdy, Heavy Cardboard. This is Kenny, long-time listener, first-time caller. My top three SN anticipation list looks like this. Number three, Solarius Mission. I'm punting a bit on this one, but it says it's an economic civilization game set in space with dice drafting. Plus, Spielworks is putting it out. Enough of those keywords push the right buttons, so I'm keeping my eye out for this. Number two, Great Western Trail. The theme is interesting, but this makes it on the list mainly because of name recognition. Alexander Pfister really nailed the deep, medium Euro category I love with Mombasa, and I hope he can do it again. Finally, number one has to be Railroad Revolution. This is a known quality for me, well, since I was fortunate enough to get to participate in one of the last playtest sessions. Once your game has done it again for me, I would definitely consider this a more streamlined title for them, but there's nothing wrong with that if it means I can play the game more often. That's it for me, and I hope Edward has fun checking off his SN anticipation list. Hi, Edward and Amanda. This is Adam Brocker. Uh, just calling to count down my top three from SN this year. Uh, number three would be Solarius Mission from uh, Spielworks. Uh, my number two game would be Inis or Inish. Number one, of course, is Great Western Trail um, from Alexander Pfister, who did uh, Mombasa. Um, I love the, the Western theme of it. Um, and, of course, Stronghold Games has just been producing fantastic titles. So those are my top three. Thanks. I uh, love the show. Look forward to hearing you guys' best and list. Bye. Hello, this is Scott from Louisville, and I am leaving my top three Essen anticipated games, and in fairness, I've divided them into expansions and base games. Uh, the expansions first, um, Orleans, or Orleans as some people call it, Handel and Intrigue, that's an expansion, um, looks pretty interesting. Um, Russian Railroads, American Railroads, there's really nothing I've seen about that other than the name uh, but just seeing another expansion for Russian Railroads piques my interest. Um, and then there's an expansion that's supposed to be out for Targi, uh, which is a really good uh, two-player game. And um, I think it's time for an expansion. It's going to really help. There's been a big resurgence of interest in that game, and whenever it's available, people rush to get it. So having the expansion out is going to be really great, I think, also. And then moving on to the three base games, uh, Jorvik, uh, which is a retheme of Die Speicherstadt, uh, which is a Stefan Feld game. Um, that's a stone, um, rather that's a stronghold games, 
uh, re-theming with a Viking theme, and that is supposed to include the Kai Spiker expansion to the original Spikerstock game, which is very difficult to get a hold of, uh, even in German. Um, so there are a lot of folks who uh, have been looking to find the expansion and can't find it, and this way they'll be able to get it all, uh, except it'll just be rethemed. Hopefully that it will be just uh, as good as the original, if not better. Um, and then Key to the City London, um, this is another game basically in the Keyflower series, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, certainly enjoy the London theme there. And then last but not least, Railroad Revolution, which I know is undergoing some playtesting right now by Watch Your Game. Um, over the past couple of years, as I've played heavier games, I've gotten to where um, that company is putting out games of more interest like Signore and possibly Jean Guo I might be trying before too long and um, really enjoy games with a railroad theme. I'm hoping that this has some semblance to the industry to where it's thought through and to where it's going to be thematically integrated in a nice way. So very, very interested in seeing what uh, comes out of this in there. Um, so thanks a lot for the contest and for hearing what we have to say. Again, this has been Scott in Louisville, and thanks for the great podcast. Really enjoy it. Hey, guys, this is Brandon from Johnson City, Tennessee, uh, just calling in to enter the contest. And my top three games coming out at Essen this year are probably A Feast for Odin, uh, La Granja, No Siesta, and Ennis. Hey, my name is Joe, uh, user of Simple Surfer on DGG. And I wanted to tell you my top three most anticipated games for uh, Essen releases this year. Um, so in no particular order, I am looking forward to Solarius Mission. Uh, big fan of the Brown Hall, and uh, hoping this might even be you know, something that came a little more appealing to me, hopefully a little bit uh, heavier, but we'll see. Um, next up, I really am looking forward to Pax Renaissance. Uh, big fan of the Freerama and Premier. So um, after reading that designer diary that went up on BGG a little while ago, I was pretty excited for that, so really just set that place. And then uh, finally, I'm pretty excited about Key to the City of London. I'm a big fan of Key Flowers, so uh, hopefully this just makes that scene even more interesting. And we'll see how it goes. All right, well, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Everett Amanda. Hi, this is Zach Heiler from Orlando, Florida, and I'm calling to enter the Heavy Cardboard Contest. The three most anticipated titles for me for Essen this year. Uh, the first one is easy. It's a feast for Odin, Uwe Rosenberg, it looks gigantic, and it's either going to be a glorious masterpiece or a glorious mess. But either way, I want to try it out, find out what it is. Pretty happy that I don't have to be the one to lug it over from Germany this year, so that's a plus. Uh, number two would probably be Great Western Trail. It's Alexander Pfister's new game, who did Mombasa and Broom Service and uh, what else? Isle of Sky. He's been just on a roll lately uh, with a bunch of cool games at a variety of weights. And I'm really excited to see what he does with this one. The last one is probably Key, for, Key to the City London. Uh, it is a spiritual successor to Keyflower, which is one of my top three favorite games of all time. I'm a little skeptical about it. It seems like it's mostly Keyflower plus this other new mechanic. And it's gonna have to, it's gonna have to really work out to unthrown Keyflower, but I'm really interested, uh, to see what they do with it. Hey, this is Phil Hendrickson on BGG, known as Drum Phil, and I wanted to give you my top three anticipated Essen releases. So number three is Great Western Trail by Alexander Pfister. Number two, 
Concordia, Gallia, and Corsica expansion. And then <clears throat> because I work at a Lutheran university, we're, of course, very interested in the Reformation and all the games coming out for that anniversary. So my number one is Sola Fide, the Reformation from Stronghold Games. So that's what's got me excited, and I look forward to hearing other people's lists. Thanks. Hey, guys. It's Tony here. My top three uh, SN games that I'm excited for are Innis, A Feast for Odin, and the Oracle of Delphi. Hey, Eddie Cardboard, this is Josh Lowen in Newburgh, Indiana. For my uh, top three SN games I'm looking forward to, top three I have are first one's a reprint uh, from Uwe Rosenberg at the Gate of Moyen. Second is Uwe Rosenberg's big game, Feast for Odin, that's coming out from Z-Man Games. And lastly, again, most looking forward to is uh, Stefan Fell's new game, Oracle of Delphi, published from Hollywood and Pelotex-Spiel. Hi, my name is Edward. This is Chris calling from New York with my top three games from Epson. I'm actually looking at a stack of games on my floor right now, and I guess I've run out of space on my two gaming shelves. So with that sort of storage space concern in mind, here are my top three games. The first one is the Evolution Climate Expansion for Evolution. I know this isn't really a heavy game, but it's one that I'm able to bring to family gatherings and get non-gamers to play fairly easily. So I'm kind of looking forward to have more to add to that game. The second game is the Expansion for Alchemist, which is my favorite game probably of 2015. Third choice would be Mario's Genesis. And because the box size is so small, I imagine that even with full shelves, I can probably find space one somewhere. Thanks for the podcast. Hey, Happy Cardboard. This is Dave Aldinger. I'm calling and give you my three picks. My first pick for Essen would be Bios Genesis by Phil Eckwood. My second would be Solicide, The Reformation by Jason Matthews, Christian Leonard. And my third, I'm going strictly off of pedigree here, would be Railroad Revolution. From What's Your Game, that is by Marco Canetti and Stefania Nicolini, the designers of Zanguo. Hey, this is Michael Ferenbrook, and the three games I am most excited for from Essen, this is probably buying into designer hype, but the three games are A Feast for Odin, Sola Fide, and The Great Western Trail. Thanks for doing this, guys. My name is Joshua Reeves from Daphne, Alabama. The most games uh, I'm looking forward to for Essen would be Biogenesis. Caravan, either version, uh, and chromosome and Christ. Well, that's cool. The chromosome, uh, interchangeably with Biogenesis due to the excellent theme on them. Uh, once I'm a fan of the show, been listening for about six weeks now, so I've been going back and listening to all the different podcasts. It's really interesting. Uh, thank you for what you put out, and I'm looking to sponsor on Patreon here in the next coming months. That's, uh, fun stuff too. So, thank you for the service, and see you guys. Hello, my name is James Papadels, and my three most anticipated games of this year's uh, SN are Armageddon, A Feast for Odin, and At the Gates of Liang, in no particular order. 